As the ancient mountain receives, with stony copses clasped in praise, yet new passengers yearning for conquest or salvation, who pluck at its hard-grown flowers, which have lived and felled themselves as towers. The Two Towers. Hey everyone, welcome back to Solar Scene, the podcast where we reference Lord of the Rings every single week. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron, tell me about your poem. Well, it was inspired by one of my favorite poems, which is called As the Cat, which Mm. I've told you about several times, which is, I think, by William Carlos Williams. And it's kind of a modernist thing where the first line is, as the cat does something, it's like as it creeps along the furniture or something like that. And then it it never like finishes the simile. Mm. It never says, as the cat does this so do I do this. Like, it never does a poetic thing like that, and nor does it talk about it, like, in terms of time, as in, as the cat does this, the dog does this. Like, Mm. so it just leaves it really open. So I like when, I like when poems have this kind of ambiguity or maybe they don't finish their causes. Poems have have the right to do that, whereas regular sentences don't. And I thought it would be kind of a neat framing for a poem about time and how nature kind of carries us through i use this word passengers which i think has a bit of a negative connotation sometimes when you use it it's like oh he's been a bit of a passenger today Mm. or something like that but really i think it's it can be quite a lovely word if you're talking about say scaling a mountain and it's as if the mountain is some kind of vehicle through time i was also picturing like some kind of holy pilgrimage or hike or something like that and um yeah just the idea of like flowers and towers which rise and fall all the time this is why i say like lord of the rings kind of inspired it because it's like the end of the the era Mm. but also there's a lot of hope springing up or shooting up through the through the dirt it's true so today for those of you who didn't read the title of the episode we are talking (laughs) about mentorship this is the first in a series of loosey-goosey episodes which we will we like to sprinkle in between the semesters just to keep us fresh and discuss ideas that don't warrant an entire four-month period of time. They might just warrant 40 minutes. So mentorship is something that we talk about kind of regularly, just when we watch films or we discuss our future selves. We often see mentorship as a part of good community building and good person building, of being reverent towards a person and not in like necessarily a religious way, the way that mentorship often was throughout history, but in a just kind of casual way of being like, yeah, they know more than me. I want to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people are reverse mentored by their mentee. And we'll get into that later. Sure. Before we start, two things. One is the boring plug. If you're not listening on YouTube, listen there. There you can see us. And also, if you're listening on one of the podcast apps, leave a rating or review. Also on the YouTube, we have flowers this week. <laughs> that's nice i'm patching them as i as i speak right now brought to you by flowers um you can buy our zines we have handmade solo scene zines which are really really nicely made they make for great gifts that's what alicia said one time and i think it's a good kind of marketing ploy. so buy it as a gift for somebody and the second cool thing that i wanted to mention this week cool slash mildly embarrassing is that last on last week's episode eager listeners will have heard me um complaining about a crossword clue <laughs> that Alicia and I had recently done, where the answer for the clue was vowel sound, and it was five letters, and the answer was schwa, S-C-H-W-A. And we were like, this doesn't even make any sense. How dumb. But then I looked it up, and actually we were the ones who weren't making any sense and were quite dumb because schwa is the name for like 
the phonetic upside down e that you'll see sometimes in dictionaries. You know, at the start, like it'll say the words and then it'll tell you in brackets, like the kind of phonetic,、mm-hmm. uh, the syllable spelling of it, breaking it down. Yeah. And apparently, those all have names which don't correspond to the actual sound.、Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the most common vowel sound. And、mm-hmm. the sound is just uh. So, like, doctor, farmer, the. So that's why, it's, that's why it's the most common vowel sound.、Um, but we didn't know it was called schwa, so that was kind of a gap in our own linguistic knowledge.、Mm-hmm. And we're humbling ourselves. For sure. Schwa. <laughs> yeah. I just had an idea when you were talking about the flowers. It'd be like funny if every episode we were like sponsored by something innocuous, kind of like we do with the organism. The organism, but it's just like there's going to be something in the frame. Maybe、oh, we can start doing that. Today would have like actually been. Like product placement, you know what I mean? Yeah, today would have been a great organism for it. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Okay, we will get to that because the organism is back for these episodes. I started my research on mentorship. Well, a lot of it was just anecdotal from experience and from observation. Observation,、yeah. but I observed that there's kind of three types of mentorship in life in general. There's a corporate mentorship, which is kind of how since Roman times it's been a bit industrialized, like the pipeline of Student to employee and mentorship has been a big part of that,、hmm. and often it'll be set up by workplaces. So you join the bank as a teller, then perhaps you have a mentor who works higher up, and then you right work your way、This、up the ladder. This is like apprenticeship. Yeah, it's、okay. like apprenticeship. Academic is the other type. So perhaps a first year student being partnered with a PhD student or a graduate alumni, and having an academic mentorship in that way. And the final type that I noticed is social. So perhaps someone who's struggling financially or struggling socially is paired with a a mentor to help them, perhaps figure out financial stuff, figure out a sort of therapist relationship. Yes. But not necessarily with a therapist.、Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the third type that I saw in life. And I guess you could add in like familial mentorship, but I feel like that's different. Than what we're talking about today. Yeah, and a lot of things blur the lines, right? Yeah. And I think another thing we could point out is that they don't necessarily have to be older. Yeah, sure. They can be someone your same age.、Mm-hmm. Just when you were talking about the academic mentorship, and you said a first year student, let's say paired with a PhD student, what do you mean paired with? Just like meeting? Often mentorships are set up through platforms. Oh, through the organization, like、yeah. a formal thing. Because when you said that, it reminded me that the. I'm pretty sure the last or the most recent like formal mentorship thing that I was、uh, took part in was in elementary school book buddies. Yeah, and that just seems kind of sad. A little bit, yeah. I did. I mean, book buddies、school. is great, but I mean, it's sad that it's like twenty <laughs> years ago. The last time it happened, yeah. yeah. I think it could be a bit more natural if if it was a part of culture. Yeah, because right now it often. Has become a thing where you have to go through an organization.、So、like I know our university did it. You could volunteer to kind of be a tutor for younger students、mm. and show them the ropes, sort of things. But not many people want, like the younger people, don't want to take part in that because I mean, myself included. You say, "What can this random PhD student teach me?" Like <laughs> I don't know. Like we're a bit low trust and kind of pessimistic people, and so I think those types of programs are a bit challenging to set up. Yeah. But in the soul scene, hopefully, it will be a part of society in the way that it is in some parts of the world. Yeah, I have some notes on the soul scene, kind of structural ways that mentorship could become a bit more present. I'll get into later, but I liked your breakdown of the three different types.、Mm-hmm. 
I also had a breakdown of two different types, but I don't think they're incompatible models. Yeah. And mine wasn't my own. It was from a podcast I was listening to. Do you know Jay Shetty? Yes, I do know of him. Do you? I don't know anything besides the name. Uh, well, he's kind of like a, he was a monk or was training to be a monk. Mm-hmm. But now he does like wellness, mindfulness, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he was talking on his podcast about how in the Vedas, mm-hmm. the, you know, the texts, which I think you've read some. Yeah, I've read some. Um, there are two different types of mentors mentioned. One is the Vani and the other is the Vaku or Vapu. I didn't really hear him very well. And it was also hard to find these. I was like, oh, this is an interesting notion. I'll look into it. But it's the Vedas are surprisingly uh, <laughs> inaccessible. So I guess not that surprising, but. I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. It wasn't just an easy thing where I could... Maybe it's something to work into further. Yeah, But anyway, so the Vani, these are the mentors that you never meet. Mm. These are the ones that you only know from books, let's say. Um, in the times of the Vedas, certainly. You only know from books or like from, from legends passed on. But you, they're not a part of your life. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was really interesting because it reminds me of the parasocial relationships that people always talk about today, mm. almost always in a strictly negative light. And almost always as in these have been invented in the last 10 or 20 years. Yeah. But the Vedas are ancient. And so it's really interesting to, to hear that they had this concept of this as a healthy part of your life, a mentor that you never meet. Role models, basically. Yeah, role models. And it was kind of funny in a, in a meta way because this podcast I was listening to was an interview between Jay Shetty and Novak Djokovic, mm-hmm. who I would probably say is one of my like Vani. Mm-hmm. Like I've never met him. He doesn't know about me, but he's kind of a, a role model, as you say. Yeah. And the other type, the Vapu, Vaku, these are the ones that you meet, you know each other, and the ones that I think structurally in the solar scene, we can do a bit of a better job of encouraging or fostering these relationships. But just regards the people who we never meet, do you have any of those or have never met? Honestly, not really. Okay. I've never been one to have role models. Mm. And it's just like, it's not super appealing to me, but I, I understand it for most people because it's nice to have someone to aspire to and perhaps just to get inspiration from. Because if you just go about your daily life, you're usually surrounded by people who are very similar to you. Yeah. But perhaps you want to be different than the people around you. So. Well, someone like Jesus. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I guess he is yeah. one of those guys. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Um, that's what I thought you were going to mention, but <laughs> he's like, honestly, no, um, I understand you don't. That's kind of a separate category a little bit. But I was just thinking, we spoke a bit in the internet semester, and also we did a previous episode on wellness influences. But this is slightly different. But just about influences and our quote-unquote relationships to these people online that you never meet. In the solo scene, there are, what are some ways that that could be a healthier thing? My first thought is, I know you didn't use the word deliberately, but like not considering them idols. Considering them more as more as role models or mentors, because you get that saying, "Never meet your heroes," right? Mm-hmm. Because they'll actually be behaved badly, or you know, they'll they'll shatter your expectation in one way. But I think the the better thing is to not have this overly aggrandized view of your heroes. It's like they're people, yeah. Even if it's a it's a world famous athlete who seems infallible on a tennis court or whatever, it's like you know that they're still a human being so i never that always seemed like kind of an immature thing to think of them as like literal superheroes and then when it when it um comes to light that somebody does something wrong you're like oh my whole worldview is shattered 
So I think having a more kind of mature understanding of these people is mm. is healthier. Yeah, I wonder. A lot of the reading I did for this was about gurus and like religious leaders across across religions, and I wonder if because historically we were taught to revere these people not as gods but as yeah, well, as infallible winks. as wings to God. Yeah, least. I wonder if that trickled down into our thinking about influencers and athletes and I things like that. Think that i definitely think the almost the entire celebrity culture is um from the vacuum by by lack of religion mm-hmm. but that's a bit of a big conversation for yeah. <laughs> think about mentors but i just wanted to, to start with this thing that mentors can be people who aren't in your life mm-hmm. maybe we mentor people through the podcast perhaps i really hope not <laughs> we're just trying to we're just trying to provoke thoughts yeah don't be like us yeah I was on ResearchGate, as one does, and I don't want to fully endorse this paper because I didn't have access to the full thing. I only read the abstract <laughs> oh and the my. conclusion, but it was a Confucianist perspective on mentorship, <laughs> and because I wanted to do more than just the the European perspective, just because I feel like we often lean on that because it's what we were raised and kind of know, but it showed an interesting diagram of how a mentor and a mentee the first stage is just like them bonding and exchanging information back and forth but then their family and friends come into it because we don't like operate in a vacuum like if you have a mentor your mom's gonna meet them and your best friend might meet their best friend and so there were like three stages of okay the family and friends come in and perhaps they start having a relationship with the mentor or the mentee, like, back and forth. But then over time, the friends start to mingle and the families start to mingle and it becomes this network of ideas and of growth in a way that we don't really have a model to do that anymore because so few people go to church or go to, like, even just, like, community centers. Like, there isn't really a forum for this type of thing. And mentorship programs is a really excellent way of fostering community and genuine community not just like oh we all go to the park on saturdays and like sit across from each other and we never know their name Mm. like it's genuine transmission of ideas and mutation of ideas yeah i mean ideally it doesn't need to be a formal program what i had Mm -hmm. written like a big brothers little sisters thing i mean that's a great a wonderful thing but it's like in the solo scene it wouldn't be there because you know like Mm -hmm. there's a there's a a kids aren't so isolated yeah um what i have written down on my paper is almost the exact same thing dissolution of the tertiary structures in brackets, church, bowling, uh, plus <laughs> <laughs> the bowling clubs, you know, that thing with the Americans. Yeah. Uh, plus mismanaging transition from youth to adult, I think is another, mm. is another key thing here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm always fascinated by the, I know it's not just German, that it's also Swiss and Austrian, but what I know about is the German apprenticeship program. And at the age of 16, about 40% of Germans join an apprenticeship program. And I feel like that's an excellent way of fostering the transition from childhood to adulthood because you're not being paid a full wage but you're also not being treated as a slave the way that (laughs) young workers often are in north america from what i gather of like they'll be paid like two cents an hour instead of just like is that a thing what it's what i gather from everyone i know who worked as a teenager it's like you did yeah so did i exactly i was paid two dollars a day to be a babysitter what (laughs) yeah we'll get into that off air maybe (laughs) 
<laughs> exploitation of Alicia. Yeah. The young, the young chimney sweep. $2 a day for 6 a.m. Getting paid to a, 6 p.m. A shilling per week. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's just personal. But I think it's good because then they have some finances to manage and they're also being treated like students, not as employees. Yeah. The way that I feel like when you get a job as a young person in, at least in Canada, I'll just speak about that you're treated immediately like an employee mm. and like there's no intention by the employer to teach you and like grow you and perhaps yeah. contribute to society. Well, this is what I mean structurally, like the corporate or the workplace is a really easy example, but I was also thinking about schools, but in the workplace, it's like, we were talking about this yesterday, the difference between someone working at Walmart for like 25 years versus a hundred years ago, if they're working at their local grocery store or convenience store for 25 years in Walmart, like there's such a kind of codified hierarchy mm-hmm. and you are almost you're so kind of distanced from the other people least of all the waltons mm-hmm. i think that's the name the family who run it like you don't know anybody is what yeah. i'm saying and i have written down something that i thought was really clever but maybe not not that clever which is that in the modern workplace everyone kind of pretends to love the company and hate the company meaning love the company the organization we have to be like oh we're a team member you know walmart this walmart that um but hate the company as in we are alienated from the actual people that form that mm-hmm. that supposed team yeah you know what i mean and it, it's not entirely pretend like some of it is real because you think about after a 40-hour week doing something really menial in a place that's very depressing you're not then going to want to be friends with your co-workers or see them on the weekends yeah you know what i mean like it's designed to or maybe inadvertently it pushes us apart mm-hmm. absolutely whereas like a hundred years ago i think it would like why would you hate the people if you're working there you're like sh- shooting the breeze as you stock the shelves yeah you know what i mean like more cash yeah there's more actual i mean as you said to me yesterday they should have made you partner by now the famous quote <laughs> from <laughs> christmas, christmas with the, the cranks yeah but now it's like you could work somewhere for literally your entire career and never be made partner because there's 5,000 people yeah. in your role. And then on the final day, you get a cake. Yeah. It's like... It's so sad. Um, <laughs> I read a little bit more about the German apprenticeship program because I think it's a good model for the solo scene. And it really, along the same lines, inspired me as to how to be a community thinker, like to not be an individualist. And that the people who take on apprentices, there's like no expectation that they're going to stay with your company. It's just like, I want to teach this person a skill. Yeah. Then they can go on to university and do like a related skill. They can go on to a different company in the community. A, like, a I rival. don't really care. A rival even. Yeah. A rival company, right? Exactly. Because what goes around comes around kind of thing mm-hmm. in, a, in a positive way. Yeah. And I think that was wonderful because here, if there's any mentorship program, say you're a mentor for RBC. Like, yeah. they're going to really cling on to you. And if you told them, ah, I'm thinking of going back to school, they might just drop you. Or I'm going to BMO. Yeah, they would just <laughs> drop you. Like, there was no, like, okay, we'll keep you on until the mentorship program is done. And hopefully you'll go and thrive in the world. Like, that's not how we treat it because we treat mentees as assets, not as students. Yeah. Regarding school, which, again, I think is is so, like, key because we both went through school for 16 years. And I wouldn't say I had a mentor. I agree. And it wasn't really through lack of trying. Because like when I was young, I was a lot more social than I am now. But I think a big part of it is 
everything is so bureaucratic and systematized and i just wrote scared like it's so kind of lame now that you you'll never have like a harry potter and dumbledore friendship yeah or even like a harry and mcgonagall mm-hmm. even a harry and snape right which was no mentorship for those who don't know snape was an evil professor kind of um <laughs> who uh who was basically harry's antagonist mm-hmm. it's like you don't get that kind of personal relationship really and certainly not the friendship. Like Dumbledore was taking Harry out on like one-on-one uh, field trips. Yeah. It's like you're never going to get that. No. Because Im- imagine if that happened today. Yeah, there'd be like old catch a case. <laughs> <laughs> old headmaster like having these one-on-one conversations with you. Yeah, with I mean, like perhaps there's some some good things that that's not yeah, just but like I'm just, that's accepted. why I say like scared though. Like, yeah. It, it eliminates so much when everything has to be like, well, first you have to submit 11 forms. Mm-hmm. It's like... Yeah, I mean, in my church growing up, there was this program. I mean, it's not just my church. It's across North America. But it's called Plan to Protect, which is a training you do and then a set of guidelines to avoid any issues, mm. which is good for the peop- for like the ill-intentioned people to have to adhere to these standards. But often when I would speak to other leaders in the church, they'd be like, I just, like, I know their mom. Yeah, very eliminates intimately. so much. And it's just like, I'm going to take the kid in my car, even if it's technically breaking the rules. And I feel like the thing with the schools is that the teachers just like don't know the parents. So there's no actual trust. So if the teacher did just like take the kid out for lunch, it'd be like, what's going on? No, but even if they did know the parents, they're just straight going to get fired. Yeah. It. Like it's so... so just like a little bit of trust and a little bit of nuance, perhaps, yeah. would be great. Well, in the solo scene, there's no <laughs> ill intentions. There are no intentions. There's no evil people in the solo scene. Yeah. I guess that's not true, but just somehow working away around the the paperwork that just stifles, I think, so much yeah. texture. Mm. And speaking of texture, by the way, the organism of the week, I really wish I had the prop, um, but it's the potato. The humble potato. Humble, proud, whatever you want to call it. I love those boys. Specifically, I was thinking about red potatoes. Okay. Because those are my favorites. Bougie. Um... <laughs> The Latin name is Solanum tuberosum. Tuberosum. Yeah, I like tuberosum a lot. And these, the way they connected to the mentor episode is I just pictured them as old, grouchy, and mentory, And also Mr. Potato Head. Mm. And also I think it was, did you ever have one of those? I don't think so. I never did either. There's someone at the library that I play with. Um, <laughs> also I was thinking about Lord of the Rings, right? Sam yes. goes on his potato rent. He does. So your favorite... Like culinary type of potato? What's that? Like a good mash with chives. That's all I can say. (laughs) (laughs) So potatoes were introduced to Europe from the Americas in the 1600s. These are just random facts. They have more potassium than a banana. Yeah. Um, First vegetable grown in space. Over 5,000 varieties worldwide. August 13th is National Potato Day. So I was thinking if we're recording an episode around them, we can celebrate it somehow. Okay, yeah. Um, and my favorite fact that I learned about, maybe you already know about this, the tomato. I don't think I know about this. Otherwise known as the pomato, mm. which is the, a graft that's quite common that grows tomatoes on the top, potatoes underground. Yeah. That sounds so cursed, but also like The cool. tomato. The tomato. So they're not like morphed together. It's just the plant grows both. Yeah, the plant grows both. That's really cool. I know. I like this. You can you can have your French fries and your ketchup from the same vine. Wow. From the same plant. 
I feel like also how they relate to mentors is they create those little tubers yes. that you can then yes. plant or whatever. Apparently those are poisonous or something like that. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but anyway, they grow these little baby potatoes off of themselves. That's cool. So worst potato variety, three, two, one. Russet. Yeah. yeah. This is dreadful. <laughs> but it's funny because I always thought like red potatoes were so much more expensive. They're not. They're just like all the same price. Yeah. It's like, what kind of freak <laughs> eating russet potatoes? That's a little bit mean, but I mean, there, we there might be some good ones. Like fresh out of the ground, I'm sure they're yeah, fine. Yeah, they but probably are. Maybe just by the time they get to grocery stores, they're... Oh, leathery. <laughs> A few other random notes on the Soocene mentorship structures and sentiments I had written down. One is about the commodification of mentorship through internet life coaches and also motivational speakers. Because I think as a general rule, this is what I kind of try to go by. If they're a thing, like if they are famous or known or a professional at giving advice only, Mm -hmm. then the advice is probably not worth taking like if that's yeah. what they do is give advice it's like what's your perfect like what's your skill kind of thing mm-hmm. like i can i can say i have this certain vani that like a certain athlete or or writer or artist that i really like mm-hmm. and i can kind of observe their life and read into it a little bit and even sometimes when people who you really do admire um when they give advice sometimes like they're not very good at articulating it so sometimes mm-hmm. It's not actually the best thing to just listen to what they say about something. It's best to just observe what they do and then try and try and assimilate some of those habits or mannerisms or thought uh, processes. Right? Yeah, I've come to be very, very skeptical of anyone whose whole career is giving advice. Exactly. Because oftentimes their mentor was another grifter, like another yeah, person a, who just did that. Like and pyramid say, scheme. Yeah, exactly. So I think just word of caution from the solo scene is be wary of people who don't have a career outside of yeah. writing their wellness books. But like I say, I mean, these well, wellness is one thing. Like if it's a, let's say it's an athlete who wants to write a book about wellness, yeah. they probably know a thing or two. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like if you want to make movies or paintings, maybe just find the filmmakers or painters that you really admire and see what they have to say about certain things rather than just finding like motivational video for artists mm-hmm. or, like motivational speech for artists because i fell, fell into that trap when i was younger and it's um i think it catches a lot of people mm-hmm. but along those lines i also think in the solo scene because this is something that's quite topical people who do fall for as you call them grifters or who do that's kind of a subjective term but people who do maybe Um, fall under the orbit and start following literally on social media people who we deem evil or useless or you know um, ill-intentioned in in some way or other your liver kings your andrew tates like whoever it may be i feel like in the solo scene the first instinct won't be to shame and ostracize those people who follow them i think the better thing to do the more productive thing is analyze and said what that person is offering them um and why are they not getting it elsewhere kind of thing yeah you know what i mean because that's the actual way to kind of eliminate your liver kings Mm -hmm. it's like well why are so many people following them and then think about that and then say well why isn't that being offered in a healthier way somewhere else or why can't they find that in a healthier way somewhere else and looking at their messaging and saying 
what truth is here because often it comes from some comes from somewhere they don't literally just invent it one night like yeah props with the liver king he has his ancestral tenants and obviously exactly. everyone is kind of craving something a bit more i hate to use the word primal but like something no, it's true of course it is a bit more natural to govern the way that they conduct themselves and so that's the desire that people are having and he yeah slashed onto that but. that's it's a lot better to this is what i was saying last week also like we look at the modern the modern world and its problems it's 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 more enjoyable and more productive and more inspiring i would say to think about everything as a seed for what could be really good mm-hmm. so it's like if this many people are looking for something more ancestral primal whatever it may be or like when there was the covid19 conspiracy about 5g causing it mm-hmm. it's like okay i don't agree with this but i'm not just going to call everybody who subscribes to it an idiot i'll say there's something in there that they has obviously really connected to them and if it's if it were as you would say just a complete invention people wouldn't kind of flock to it mm-hmm. like there's always even if there's some kind of like symbolic truth to something or symbolic mm-hmm. appeal there's there's usually something or else it wouldn't like it wouldn't grow like it wouldn't catch on yeah i was also thinking in so seen just from the point of view of the mentor we need to ask things of people or else they don't grow. I think it's the it's when people are asked to do things that they can't currently do, or when things are required of them that they can't currently that they're that they aren't currently capable. That's when we naturally seek out mentors to latch onto. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's why I think that's why school and Hogwarts is a great example because it's like the thing with school is every day, week, semester, year, you are asked to grow a little bit more in math or herbology. Right. And so you are. And so you latch on to your professor Sprouts because like this is the person who knows it all. They're going to help me or even your Neville. He's my peer, but he's going to help me because he knows that he's very he has a good aptitude for this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if life is kind of we're content to stay wherever we are, that could be like middling or it could be at the very top of your craft or whatever, um, then you won't feel any need to keep striving basically mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it doesn't have to be like a productive or academic thing it could be as you said social mentor yeah it could be like wow this person is very selfless i want to be like them mm-hmm. in, it, in it whatever the the thing is it has to be something that you want to improve in basically yeah because if you think you're already perfect why would you need any mentors that's not a good quality. So even that is something you need to be mentored on is your pride or your self-aggrandization of thinking that you are infallible. Yeah. I had uh, four more things. One is about reading really deeply. And sometimes you can find artistic mentors. Like sometimes if there's a painter who you really love, they can kind of mentor you through the art in a mm. way. And we were... This is topical for us because we're considering doing a special author project yeah. is what we call it, which is when you read everything that a certain author wrote. It could be a poet, it could be a playwright, it could be a novelist, but you read it all. And through that, through that process, I'm guessing you would get quite a connection to the author. Mm-hmm. You would feel like you know them in some regard. And because they're probably writing about ideas or their perspective on the world, they kind of mentor you in a way. Yeah, for sure. And you also, when you do that project, you read a bit about their life. So you read a biography yeah, or two. Of course. Then perhaps you can see, ah, this is how he coped with a divorce. This mm. is how he coped with war or something. Yeah. Did it through this artistic 
mechanism and perhaps that's a good way for me if like if you're an artistic person yeah and perhaps if you are more inclined to have a sports person as your role model you could see oh they were going through like a really hard time here and this is how they're how they adopted their fitness routine or how they adopted their performance i don't even think on that kind of somewhat surface level i don't even think it's just that i don't think you have to be an aspiring writer or a writer to to feel this when you're reading dickens or dostoevsky it's just like you can see the way their characters deal with things Mm, that's that's, really true yeah that's where you can kind of learn the lessons from another thing in the solo scene i think having a lack of self-consciousness and more spontaneity is quite key so you wouldn't be posting a picture of yourself with your mentor like hashtag mentor you know what i mean like it would just be a thing rather than like a a very deliberate thing like that mm-hmm. we've kind of been making that mistake in this episode by talking about it as like mental with a capital m mm-hmm. it's like oh you attain a mentor whereas kind of you can you can see it in other in various people right yeah absolutely and then my last note was just that i feel it is almost inherently a kind of serious and borderline old-fashioned concept or it's just like if you talk about virtue or being noble or something it's like these are dramatic words and i feel like mentor is is quickly getting there as well and um that's why lord of the rings kind of inspired it because it's like frodo who's his mentor like gandalf let's say yeah they're on a quest to to save the world it's like they're on a a serious undertaking together Mm. so i think that helps i don't think it's necessary i do think you can have a mentor as you have maybe like some people who you learn things from at the garden that you volunteer at right yeah it's like that's not so serious a thing you're mostly pruning mint <laughs> yeah i don't know if there is mint um so it, it can be something but i do think a way to kind of um almost guarantee it or or almost necessitate it is to undertake something very serious because then yeah. you'll need like you'll need somebody um who knows more than you absolutely whereas mint you can kind of fudge your way through it without knowing anything if you want Alluding to my experience at the garden is a good segue into my ideal mentor. So my Solocene mentor. Yeah. And I kind of, yeah, was inspired by the people I work with there or volunteer with because it's a, it's like 50% people our age and 50% people older than us because that's how adulthood works. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But my Solocene mentor would be someone who's an artsy painter slash gardener. Okay. So they're older and men or women? Woman. What's her name? Myriad. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Myriad McDonald's. It's like really specific. Okay. Sure. So she used to be very involved in climate action and <laughs> activism. There's like a picture of her in this eighties protest like save the Exactly. Whales. Her okay. like strapped to a tree or something. Mm-hmm. And she still does activism now in her old age. I really have a affection for very old people. So perhaps she's like <laughs> 85, 90 or something. And, but she still paints and gardens. And she also writes and makes art about her time as an activist and also about her vision for a beautiful, sustainable, tactile future. It sounds like you in that, when you're 80. It does. But that's what a mentor is. So you aspire to yeah, be. I guess I was and so <laughs> she would be me when I'm 80. And yeah, just someone who can kind of tell me about how to remain optimistic 
because she's still optimistic about the future, despite obviously having years and years and years of negative experiences as a climate activist, as most older climate activists have experienced. Yeah. And she would also teach me in the ways of art and garden and writing. Mm. I had three kind of, because when I asked you about this before the episode, I was like, okay, well, let's just end it by talking about our Solocene mentor. I had three different kind of categories. Mm-hmm. So it's entry, so they're entry into your life, um, presence slash how you interact with them. Mm-hmm. And the third one is a quote. Okay. So do you have any ideas? To, like how does Myriad, how do you meet her basically? I would meet her at the garden. Right. What would she be doing? Like precisely. I feel like she would be just some, doing something really precise as that word okay. is. She would perhaps be killing the bugs in the garlic plants. Okay. Just doing something very tedious and that requires a lot of patience. And yeah. I would say, wow, that requires a lot of patience, Myriad. And she would say, do you want to be my mentee? And I'd go, no, teach it, me the ways <laughs> of your patience. And then we'd get to talking. Yeah. And so that's that. No, here's, here's a great <laughs> quote. Sorry to, to hijack. But if you said that requires a lot of, wow, that requires a lot of patience, or it looks like it does. And she said, the plants are my patients. Like talking like mm, a doctor. Yes. T.S. at the end of patience. Yeah. Okay. So that's what Mary had said <laughs> to me. That's a quote, yeah. And what's the other one? Uh, her presence, such how, how often you interact or like where or how. Yeah. I would see me going to her home. Perhaps she has a plot of land where she does her things. She has a little studio barn where she paints. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I was, when I was picturing this, I was picturing me going to her bi-weekly perhaps because she's a busy woman she has a lot of things going on so i don't want to bother her too much but i'd go there we'd have tea we would garden together paint together and conversation would flow it wouldn't be like super formal in the way that she would like assign me readings and have me like write reflections it'd be very just like natural and yeah just kind of how i feel like mentors should be perhaps this is reminding me of a missed opportunity i had when i was a budding entrepreneur and i tried to start my dog walking business one Mm. summer i think i was 11 I think it was 11. Um, and on the roads beside my house in Nova Scotia, you know, this long roads, there was very kind of coastal. It was, an, it was a nice walk. Mm-hmm. And there was this house facing the water who was my one um, client for dog walking. And I was really not very good at the dog. So it didn't last very long because I'm not a good dog walker. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly not when I was 11 and weighed 11 pounds. Yeah. And so the, <laughs> the dog, which was, I think, just a big... I don't remember what it was. I think it was a big golden thing. It was always like, it would just pull me around. Um, yeah. It was walking you. It was walking me. Yeah. But anyway, there was an old man who lived there who had a house that the more I think about it, the more formative I think it was on me, just the, the interior decor, because mm. it was so nautical. Of course. And it was yeah. very, very, it looked like SpongeBob study. And um, yeah, at one time I did gardening for him. Nice. He paid me a hundred bucks. And oh I was my like, gosh. What? Wow, that's a lot of money. I know it was. Um, I wish I had him around these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a missed opportunity because I, I feel like he just sat around. He probably would have loved to have you as his apprentice, yeah. but yeah, it's hard to know. It's hard to know these things when they're exactly. in front of you. I'm trying to be a bit more cognizant of these opportunities when they arise. Like yeah. even yesterday, someone said, "Oh, my neighbor is in fashion. Like maybe you guys can connect." And I feel like traditional Alicia would be like no, no, that's okay. Or I would say yes and then like not do it. But I'm going to yeah. really try and make an effort to like take these opportunities because that's how you build community. Well, I think when I was 11, certainly, and a little bit now, I was just very scared. Yeah. I was like very scared to be in somebody else's house and scared of old people. Yeah. No offense to any elders listening to this, but terrified by old people <laughs> back in the day. Um, so my solo scene mentor 
I kind of clarified this was if I met them tomorrow. Yeah. So that it, I didn't didn't want to offend like my parents or anything like that. Well, yeah. Because you know we already have mentors kind of in our own lives, but um. So I've nicknamed him Puck Moses. So this is different from Myriad because this is a real person. This is a real person. Because one time, I don't know if I was asleep or what, but it was around the middle of the day in the park near our house on a warm summer, warm summer, like post lunch. And God incarnated. Yeah. (laughs) And over the crest of a hill with the sun behind him like a halo was this tall man with a bushy white beard and a white robe and a staff. And I tell you, it wasn't anything. It wasn't some kind of cosplay. Like Mm. he was just walking. I could tell by the gravitas with which he he strode this this veil and mm. um i was kind of like rubbing my eyes oh, what the? like so i'm kind of walking around and i told you about it and you were like yeah sure but no so, i mean there's like a few people around the park who look like that but i'm telling you it was no character it was mm. no bits like that was him but I is it sense the earnestness do you think it's the man we saw yesterday no, with the dog no 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 but anyway so park <laughs> moses i have my only note on him is very old the entry is as his entry when I first saw him, except mm. this time he approaches me. So I'm sitting on my stump, writing yeah. in the park, and he comes up with staff in hand and asks what I'm writing. And I tell him, and maybe I read some because he asked me to, and he slaps the quill out of my hand. <gasps> That's the entry. Yeah. He slaps because I'm writing with a quill because it's so scene. So he slaps it out of my hand, um, and he's kind of like this tough, like tough guy. Mm mentor so the quote that i have from him is i'll suffer no more poetic lies boy because like he calls me boy even though like i'll be 30 or something tomorrow um, yeah tomorrow I'll, yeah. Be, I'll be 30 uh <laughs> but he calls me like basically it's like a like an old i don't know kind of like, like a some rocky... old greek figure or something like that uh, i see like, so it's like, not like, like a fighter like, no 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 he's not a fighter okay. he just looks like what i imagine homer looks like Yes. From that one bust that may or may not be homo. Probably mm. wasn't. Um, so he's always like calling me out for any time I write in a way that is pretentious or just lacking clarity or maybe kind of obfuscating, beating around the bush, basically. Presence slash how we interact. It's kind of this magical summons where every time I go to the park and write, he isn't there always. But if I ha- if I have finished something or if I have something to show, he appears. He was like, leave it on the stump. No, he appears like, ah. so there's a, you know, so I can learn. Yes. Good. Park Moses. <laughs> I know it's a strange way to end the episode. No, but people, anyone in Montreal can perhaps try and spot him. Yeah, track him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll see you on next week's episode, the next Lucy Goosey, and I hope you have a great week.